Hello, everyone. Elisa, again, here with Radical Choices. So today, uh, based on some of the feedback that I've gotten from my first episode, I want to talk about our inner child. And so if you're not familiar with the concept of an inner child, it's essentially that part of you um, that they say actually makes up our ego. So our inner child is somewhere between, they say, the ages of zero to eight or nine, and it really makes up our emotional center. And the reason why we talk about the inner child so much, if you've heard this in therapy or in coaching, inner children really help us understand what our basic emotional needs are. In that moment. So there really are emotional guides. If you've ever had a reactive moment that shocked you, right? You're in traffic and someone cuts you off and then they flip you off, something awful, and all of a sudden you just get this anguish and this hurt. Usually we'll recognize those triggers. Your manager gives you bad feedback about something and you get instantly defensive or sad. Usually our inner child develops, well, actually as a rule, our inner child develops as a result of what our parenting foundation was like. So if you grew up in a, in a household where for some reason there was anger or emotional immaturity with your parents, maybe you experienced any sort of trauma, usually there are triggers related to that that we see actually patterned in our um, in our adulthood relationships. So something like where you're with a partner and one thing that I have struggled with is sometimes being the martyr, right? And this is something that I actually saw happen in my family. That one person was really overexerting themselves in a sense to one show, look at what I'm doing, um, as well as show up the other person. Like, I've been doing all of these things for you and you just haven't appreciated it. And for the most part, as martyrs, right, there is this sense of victimhood that happens as a result. I'm doing this because you this. And usually there's a goal there in mind, which is I want you to feel bad or potentially I'm trying to model the behavior that I want you to be able to, to give to me. And so that's a really, really good example of something that, again, I've struggled with and I've had to be really articulate with my partner about the fact that I am being a martyr and I realize that there's an unresolved need there. Um, and again, this takes a lot of work to be aware of, right? It took me many times of doing this and feeling completely depleted in my relationships to recognize that this coping mechanism for communicating a need by not communicating the need only made me feel bad because I didn't get my need met. And it made the other person feel completely helpless because they were unaware. I was not communicating that need. In fact, I was making them feel bad by not giving me um, my need. And so, and it really is, they call it like a zero sum game. Nobody wins. And in a sense, it is um, in that situation, it's, it's pretty manipulative behavior. <laughs> and again, for me, I had to really unlearn that and recognize those moments because sometimes I still go there where I'm like, hold on, I'm doing a lot right now. What's going on? What do I need? So our inner children are really this beautiful uh, guide to help us understand what some of those unresolved needs are. 
what wounds or trauma or even just triggers do we have that we really need to pay attention to? So I want you to do something in real time as you're listening to this. You could be on a train. You could be listening to this in your home, maybe doing some cooking, whatever you're doing. Just take a sense to really think about how you're feeling at the moment. And if you can get in your body and sit still for a second, or even just get a sense of like, how am I doing? I want you to do that right now. So in real time, I'm going to do this with you. My eyes are closed. I'm sitting down. But again, you can be moving around and just taking a second to just really breathe in and breathe out. And I already actually have a sense for my inner child, but I'm going to tell you a little bit about the sense that I'm feeling right now, which is excitement. I like to make sure I'm doing these podcasts excited. And in my mind's eye, I'm getting a sense for how my inner child is feeling. How would she express excitement? And I actually see her. I used to love when I was a kid. I used to love, there was these large mats. So if you're in your like mid thirties or late twenties, you might remember these. There was these large mats that you could actually sit on as you drew over it. Now this was not conducive to, uh, to not getting your clothes stained. So that happened a lot, but thankfully they were washable markers. And I basically would draw on this map around me and it was so awesome. So it was like all outlined and I was drawing. And so I actually, in this moment, I'm seeing me do that. I'm seeing me just draw and get excited about creating art. And I'm excited about sharing this. And so this is a really beautiful way where you can just stop, take a second. And if it's hard to find a feeling, usually I like to find a part of my body that's alive right now. What that means is like, where am I feeling either some sort of pressure or sensation? And I feel it actually in my abdomen. And from that, I'm able to understand that the underlying feeling is excitement and anticipation, Ooh, exhilaration. And from there, really inviting my inner child to show me what she's feeling right now. Now, this is actually very, very helpful. It's great to do it daily if you can, but it's really awesome to do in real time when you are feeling some sort of anxiety or fear or pain. And again, getting into your body is a really good way to do it. For me, I really need that to understand where am I feeling this? What is that feeling? If I can name the underlying feeling attached to what's happening physically in my body, and then what might, what might my inner child be telling me? And I would say really, really focusing on your body, on the somatic sensation of that feeling, on the feeling itself, will help you to access that inner child a lot sooner than trying to get there in your head. All right. And what's beautiful about this is it helps you to get connected to what might be going on in that moment. And again, your inner child, I mean, I've had moments where I did not realize I was feeling unsafe. Like I literally was at work. Maybe I was having a triggering conversation with my boss about a promotion, or I was feeling a little bit defensive around, you know, feedback around something, you know, whatever was happening, I was feeling, you know, alive in that moment. And I've gotten moments where I see my inner child with her hands over her head, like she is feeling unsafe. 
And what's beautiful about recognizing how our inner children are feeling is the fact that we can actually give them and fulfill that need in that moment. Okay. So let me explain this, right? So you're probably like, what the heck? Like, I can't not have a triggering conversation with my boss or I can't, you know, like there are moments where it's just like, how do I do this given the circumstance? Remove the circumstance, right? We're not worried about that right now. We're just worried about how our inner child is feeling in that moment and the need that they have. So in the, in the instance where I'm being creative and <laughs> feeling great and I'm seeing myself draw on this mat right now, what the need that that tells me is that she needs an outlet. And thankfully I'm doing this right now. So I think she has her outlet. She's quite engaged. No need to needs to be filled right now because she is being fulfilled in her need of needing a creative outlet. And I see her just having her artistic license to do whatever she wants. And that's, that's a positive experience, right? But in a more negative one, let's say, let's go back to the work example. What do I need to feel safe in that moment, right? How do I get back to safety? The first thing is I would invite you to take a breath and remind yourself that you are safe in this moment, whether it be that your feet are on the ground, that you have breath in your lungs, you're safe in this moment. Now, if in that moment I am in a triggering conversation or if I'm sitting at my desk just raging or having panic, that's a moment for me to potentially step away. Um, that is a moment for me. Sometimes it helps me to go outside and go into nature. But just you could even ask your inner child, what would make you feel safe at this moment? What would make you feel safe? And I will say, you do not judge her response or their his response, right? The response might be, I need to go into a room by myself, or I need to lay down, or I need to get outside, or I need to text or call a friend and let them know what's going on with me and that I can really use a kind word or a reminder that I'm okay, right? So there are these beautiful gems of wisdom that our inner child can give us to understand what we need. And if you are, uh, if this is such a new concept for you, I would actually invite you, one, start doing this daily, but I've actually dedicated, and it did take a lot of work, but I've dedicated a full day before to making sure that I was fulfilling my inner child needs. So what I did was I woke up and I was just like, okay. And like in every moment, it's like, what do you want at this moment? Now we had to have a conversation because I had to go to work like that. Sorry. You know, at the end of the day, and I'm going to talk a little bit about the difference between an injured child and an empowered adult. We want to make sure that these inner children are not necessarily ruling our lives. Now, what I mean by that is that they have wisdom to share. So I don't want us to factor in this inner child as though it's something wrong or I wish that they would just stop. Like they actually have so much wisdom and creativity and excitement to give us because again, they make up our emotional health and our, and in my belief, our spiritual health, right? They are the guide by which what gives us joy and what can deplete us of it. So becoming friends with your inner child is huge. So again, if you're just starting to do this and you're like, Alisa, what the heck? Reminder, we're getting, we're understanding, we're sitting down with ourselves, eyes closed if it helps, because it really helps me to visualize that child. And I think visualization is huge. 
breathing. If we're unable to understand how we're feeling, find it in your body. Ask, what is the underlying feeling here? And then ask your inner child to show themselves. What do you see in your mind's eye with your inner child? What are they doing? What are they wearing? Are they looking at you? Okay. Okay. So if my inner child is feeling any sort of pain or lack of safety, again, just a reminder, when we were children, if our caretakers weren't giving us our needs or if we were yelled at in any way, we actually feared for our lives, right? Because our lives were in the hands of someone else. So never judging what your inner child is feeling, no matter how petty the circumstance could be, that's how they're feeling. And we want to make sure that they're getting their needs met. An inner child that does not get its needs met will run rampant. So think about a child that goes in a tantrum. (laughs) Think about um, an injured child or someone that is sick, right? They're just going to continue to let their needs be met and it will start to rule your life. So making friends, um, inviting yourself into that moment and saying, how can I help? What do you need? having that conversation. There have been times where just hugging my inner child has been amazing. And sometimes I even need to physically hug myself. (laughs) So no judgment here, but this is a beautiful way to make friends with that deep part of yourself that feels often helpless, that has so much wisdom and so much creativity to give, but they are your deepest, most sensitive aspect of yourself. And remember This child has been through a lot. So I know for me, my child, oh my goodness, she loves, she loves my creativity. She loves um, when I do fun things. She struggles a bit sometimes with the way that I discipline my life, um, the way that I've made radical choices, the changes that I've made. And so I have to make sure that I'm bringing her along. I want to make you aware of the concept of, and I've said this in the first podcast, and I'm saying it here, of the injured child versus the empowered adult. And I'd like to share my own personal experience with this because I think it helps to showcase both of these really, really well. Um, And I also have resources towards the end of this podcast that I'll share around this that have been incredibly helpful for me. So the injured child. In my experience, a lot of what I've struggled with in my life is developing from a household that was dysfunctional, where there was trauma. Um, I would say it was very, very much more emotional neglect than it was anything intentional. So I'm very grateful for the way that I grew up because I think I was incredibly blessed in so many ways. Like anything I needed, I got. I got attention when I needed. But what I'm recognizing about my childhood as I explore my inner child and really even um, go through intense therapy around this is that she growing up did not have her emotional needs met. And in fact, they were generally shunned away in favor of um, just having faith or believing in God or trusting. So I was given a lot of one-liners like, you know, when you worry, you doubt God. And if you're so worried, pray about it. 
or you're a worrywart. So that's really hard for an empath and intuitive like me that grew up with a lot of feelings to be told what was negative and what I should showcase. So what that means is that I grew up to be a very bubbly person. As a child though, as a child, when I was very, very young, I was out of here. Like I was, I was definitely, I would talk back. I would do these things. I was resistant. I um, was excited. I was creative. I was fun. But as I grew up, and I mentioned this in the first first podcast, that I did become more repressed. And I realized that sometimes my more, you know, quote unquote, negative emotions were not received well. In fact, they were judged pretty harshly. And it's not because my parents did not want to support me. I mean, when I did cry, they would hug me. There was that. They they tried the hardest that they could, but they themselves were dealing with not a full deck of cards in terms of emotional maturity. For whatever reason, that was lacking within them. So I had to really repress those feelings. I had to, you know, in a lot of the inner child visualizations and meditations I've had, it's almost like my needs, I actually had to hide them. They at times manifest as like this growth and this distortion that I've actually had to hide because when I was vulnerable with them, I would get such judgment. And so I realized that my needs are bad, that I need to deny my needs. And this manifested in a lot of ways. One, I was repressed sexually. I, you know, I, I know for a fact now that I definitely was gay my entire life. I was so focused on helping other people with their needs as a way to feel like maybe my needs can kind of be met. Again, that martyr comes in of like making sure I, I knew that if I can make someone feel good, that they would give me emotional thanks and support and gratitude. And that felt like love. Um, and I really felt like I had to work for love and because that is just, there's, it's a no brainer. Like we need love. We need connection. Um, the, the need of all humans is to be seen and understood just as we are. So I was really presenting, uh, the more positive emotions versus uh, while diminishing my own challenges. And so I grew up with an inner child that had become incredibly, you know, resilient in many ways and had developed all these coping mechanisms to get her needs met again by acts of service for other people or, um, you know, very emotionally enmeshed relationships where maybe, maybe I could kind of feed off of the emotional energy of other people, um, by again, doing this overgiving and overcompensating and by telling myself that love is affection, et cetera, or that I don't need love. Right. And this was hard for me growing up. And what this means is that I was really operating in a lot of my life as an injured child, as somebody that was debilitated, um, emotionally. So recognizing that helps me understand how I've shown up in different areas of my life where I really feel unsettled or I I realize that I'm not always getting what I want out of life. And I realize I'm allowing or I've allowed my injured child to take control of some aspects of my life, whether it be giving my power away at work, um, not, not asking for what I know I deserve, right? I'm still operating from a place of denying my own needs and my own feelings. And 
sometimes this doesn't, you know, one would think, oh my goodness, you poor, humble, meek thing. Sometimes this means that I'm incredibly defensive. I get offended easily. Uh, a sense of abandonment hits in, right? Of like, oh my goodness, if I don't do this thing, then I will lose this relationship. So it definitely is not always an attractive quality within me. And it means that sometimes I hide my true needs. But as I have worked on developing my inner child and healing and integrating these parts, and again, I will share more about that um, and resources towards the end, it has allowed me to understand that I really am my own parent at this point. And let me just be honest with you, I'm 34 years old. So <laughs> it has been a while to develop uh, this sense of adulthood and empowered adulthood. And for me, it's been really important to set intentions around how do I want to manifest as an adult? Now, I don't know if you've heard of this concept of our higher self are more, you know, it's, it's the source of our intuition. It's the source of our knowledge, our wisdom, our higher self is really our conscience, right? So it allows us, it's our guide to help us understand how we can get through the tough times. You know, it, it helps us get at, gain access to our gifts and our talents. And, you know, I really have been working on bridging that gap with between, you know, how am I higher self, you know, those higher senses of self that I have and, healing these wounded parts of my inner child and integrating that inner child so that I can get all of the beauty and the wisdom and the creativity that they have when they're in a more whole and integrated state. So this has been an amazing process. And I would say if you're struggling with this, really, it is helpful to understand first, where are you operating as an injured child? Now, again, aspects of an injured child maybe you're not getting your needs met and you don't know why. So you can be in a waiting period where you're like, what is going on? You're experiencing some victimhood. Um, you're not getting what you want. You might be experiencing some really large triggers. Listen, I've experienced these in many different aspects. Again, while I'm driving, at work, sometimes with friendship. So where are those, those unhealed parts where I might not be operating in my full scope of power? Now that you have that, again, and you're already starting to check in with your inner child, I want you to actually start, and this is really good to write down, all right? So bear with me. I want you to write down what you want in terms of your empowered adult self. What do you want that self to look like, to feel like, to be like? So this could be, you know, I want to be resilient even when circumstances are not going my way. Or I want to be a better friend and partner and listener, or I want to be more of a thought leader at work. Whatever that is, I want you to start making that list, okay? And I would say this is a list, but it's also a manifesto of who you are. Because the reality is, is that this is not you working so hard to get there. It's realizing that you actually have the capacity, because guess what? The reality is, is that you are not that injured child. Even though you might feel like that, the reality is, is that you are not that injured child. We have choice. We have free will. We have personal agency and we have skills. I mean, we're literally most of us employed. People look to us like we have operated at this empowered adult stage, but we are just allowing our injured child to rule parts of ourselves. And it's almost like, and I wouldn't, I don't want to diminish our inner child, but it's almost like if you think about a dog who has not been trained, 
right? You're creating more anxiety for them by not training them, right? Because at, the, at that point, like you are the leader. But when we have not, again, healed or given attention to and loved those parts of ourselves, or we feel so unloved as our inner child, our injured child, we are not going to be able to operate in our adulthood. This takes focus, it takes dedication, and it takes really thinking, what does an empowered adult version of myself look like? What does it feel like? Now, the next step in terms of now you have that list, and I would encourage you continue to add to it, reflect on it, rewrite it. I want you to start thinking about what are the behaviors that this empowered adult would need to have? For me, it's like, what are the behaviors that this uh, adult would need to have in order to be a successful business leader? I'll give you a hint. I launched a podcast. I, you know, I have gotten all my licensing. I've started to develop my website. So what are those behaviors? And you could think about them like this doesn't have to be that in depth, right? This could be every single day. I wake up at a certain time or I make sure that I do this number of things in a week. I would say routine is definitely an empowered adult activity. Now, if it's if you're struggling to figure out what is my empowered adult do, do not worry. Guess what? Look at empowered adults around you or even in the media. Again, I know that these are personas, but one of the two of the empowered adults, three, I actually have three empowered adults. For me, it's Claire Huxtable from The Cosby Show. It's Maya Angelou and it's Oprah. So definitely, I didn't even realize that I have a strong affinity for strong black women as a woman of color myself. So looking at those empowered adults and really understanding how can I get myself in that mindset? How can I continue to focus on developing behaviors in the align of that empowered adult? Now, let me tell you this. You will sometimes experience your injured child in some areas. This is not doing away with that injured child. Again, the goal is not to get rid of the inner child. We need them. They are our emotional center. They help us to understand areas that we need to heal. They help us gain more creativity and exhilaration and joy. But we want to bring them along with us. We don't want this push and pull because we're refusing and we're denying their needs in favor of whatever is happening in that moment. And I will say, you will know that you have an injured child if you are easily triggered by things, if you do look at buffers and distractions away from reality. Now, one of those that I've been struggling with myself has been Instagram. Like, I love Instagram. And there are elements of that that feel really good because I follow mainly thought leaders and mental health experts on Instagram. But there are moments where I realize I am killing time just scrolling and I'm trying to fulfill a need that if I just checked in with my inner child, maybe I can feel, fulfill a need in a way that will actually help me operate as an empowered adult. So I promised you that I would talk about resources, and I want to be able to do that. One resource that has been incredibly powerful for me, her name is Teal Swan, and she leads a process called the completion process. I have followed this process. I have been working with a coach. And I would recommend if you're really interested in the injured child um, and the inner child and integrating those parts of ourselves that maybe are, are unhealed, I would really check out Teal Swan. Another person that I really, really love, and she has a podcast, is her name is Michelle Chalfont. And her podcast is titled The Adult Chair. And both of those individuals are amazing because they 
they have lived this experience. Both of them have gone through some trauma in their life and they really speak to what we need in order to help create awareness around our inner child's needs and how we can operate with a greater sense of purpose and self and, and empowerment as an empowered adult. So I'm so excited to share this with you. This out of all of the radical choices I've made has been the most amazing thing for me to do. If you are someone who operates from any sense of trauma and we define trauma as something that you really did not have the capacity, the mental capacity at that moment to handle. So it carries along with you. If you have any trauma, if you're someone that's easily, easily triggered, if you're struggling to make decisions and develop routines that are healthy because you feel like something is resistant, you might be operating with an injured child. And again, we all have certain aspects of ourselves that still need some healing. It has been a very long time that I've been working on this and I still, it's almost shocking and I can't judge, judge her, right? It's still shocking when I find areas of myself where I am operating in the mindset of a, of a six-year-old right? About how I view my life. And this has helped me. If you're someone that struggles with identifying her feelings and emotions, because maybe that happened to you younger in life, this is amazing. This will give you what you need in order to feel more empowered, more alive, more in charge of your life. So check out the resources that I mentioned I'm so excited to chat more with you about this. If you have any questions or even have done this work, I encourage you to share it with me. Thank you so much. And I hope you have a great week.